Zuntos ketelekom sasikai ante paronto sasikai. Jogodokoto paronto koporodom tefeneka suntekigaya. E paronto skefikaf sumantes kuparantes lekose pishakan tefekosa satali. Rontoso sukai ande kebelete sunemente. For another launch pad, Lord, we say thank you. Vendo zuzukata barontaske veneka suzentes. Rontoske tiso sikai ande parondoske pende suzentes. Robonske tisha talente suzentes. Rikoko <laughs> 
Ela Sonda Kigai. Speak to us, Lord, tonight. Speak to us, Lord, tonight. Meet us where we need you the most. Meet us at the point of our need. Meet us at the plane. At the plane that we need to receive. Lord, speak to us tonight. Speak to us tonight. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. How are we doing? How are we doing? Welcome to um, Prophetic Launchpad July. Um, it's, we thank God. We thank God. It started as an instruction and against all odds, we've been privy to have the Launchpad every month since we received that instruction so god is really faithful god is really faithful and come on even if you don't want to thank god for anything join join us as a ministry in thanking god okay so how are we doing how are we doing how are we doing how are we doing don't worry we're not it's this one is virtual so i can basically see everybody <laughs> i'm at proximity with everyone so let me know in the chat how are you before we go into the business of the day how are you Actually, Rose is the only one that really cares about me. She was, she was the one that asked how I am too. It's fine, I understand. Nuala. Mm, I'm fine myself. Thank you for asking. Okay. <sighs> uh, this. It's so good to. It's so good to have every one of you here tonight, and it's my prayer that. And the Lord looks upon me in mercy and causes me to be a vessel, a vessel and an envoy of his message, a messenger of his presence to you tonight. Um, one of the burdens of ministry is you stand as a messenger of God even when you, it's like you, you, you seek the demands of what it is you're dispensing, right? But then it's, it's, it's like you are two people, right? You are the person dispensing it and you're the person that needs to receive what you're dispensing. So it's really a huge burden that um, it's a lot of humility because many times when we make statements like um he does not call the qualified he qualifies the call we do not understand the emotional implications of such statements because when he qualifies the call it means that you go through seasons where you doubt 
right? It goes through you go through season where you question the qualification of put you the call and even the caller that is calling you, right? Because a whole lot of things in that moment might prove <laughs> might give you a different a, a different report. Let me put it that way. So I truly thank God and for the honor and the privilege to be opportune really to bring his word to us in season. I in no way consider myself self as um, the one who hears and see, <laughs> sees, like I don't consider myself as um, an extreme, as a perfect person or one who is um, guiltless or is incapable of making mistakes, even if I am privy to have insights into the intelligences of the spirit in the season. So standing before you all at every point in time, it's really humbling, it's an honor, and I pray that God um, uses me to reach you, he uses me to bless you, and that you are indeed blessed, right? You are indeed blessed. You do not live here with um, an avalanche of information, but true, true transformation. Transformation by the revelation of his word, not the excellence of my communication. So, Father, speak through me to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, um, the, 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 the focus, I was speaking with um, a friend and partner this morning, and he was asking, what's the, what's the focus for Prophetic Launchpad this month? And I casually just said to him that, well, it doesn't change. It's one thing, right? It's one thing that the Lord has sent us to emphasize through prophetic launchpad it's why it's a launchpad it's one thing that the lord has sent us to emphasize and i want us to put in the chat that's where i'm going to start today's um conversation or should i call it teaching but really conversation and put in the chat colossians colossians chapter chapter number one colossians um, chapter number one, and um, from verses 24 to 29. Can somebody put that in the chat? Colossians chapter one, from verse 21, 24 to 29. Let's put that. <sighs> oh, dear. Thank you. That was pretty quick. Okay, so Colossians chapter one, from verse 24 to 29 it says that um okay let me use niv i think i like this now i rejoice in what i am suffering for you and i feel up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. Please pay attention to scriptures. You know, one of the interesting things about scriptures is that a lot of times we 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 um, do not pay attention to the revelation that are locked up in scriptures because we are seeking um, something magical, right? And this 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 should this should be an answer to someone's question. Probably you're trying to start and get a revelation from the word of God. A lot of times you're seeking something magical. 
Finally, I think my network went off for a bit. All right, thank you, Favor. So, yeah, a lot of times we're seeking something magical, right? But the thing is, revelation first starts from the diligence and the intention to pay attention to the scripture, word for word, line by line, precept upon precept. Do you see this? So you find that there is no unusual, um, as much as, yes, I believe that the, uh, there is a grace, um, uh, there is the grace for revelation, but then that is not, it's not that it's exclusive to anybody. It is for us as believers in Christ Jesus, right? That by reason of our adoption into the fold, we have access we have access into the mysteries, access to unlock those things in scriptures. It's the reason why that the Lord said to, when Jesus was in the earth, he said, the things that I want to say to you, you will not understand, but I will send my comforter, which we now have. And so by reason of that which we have, the imputation of the spirit, we have that grace to see that which is concealed. So that is why it is called a revelation. So the first point of call, right, when it comes to the diligence in studying the text of scripture is paying attention line upon line precept upon precept this is how we start to even understand the intelligence around interpreting scripture with scripture because as you pay attention you find out that some other text of scripture starts to make more sense because the scripture in itself it's his own interpretation we do not infer our interpretation on the text the scripture interprets itself to us do you see this so let's pay attention. It says, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction. Uh, so, okay, let's do little small exegesis here. You can see that Paul reckons that my flesh represents unresolved carnalities, right? And Christ's afflictions represent the fullness of the spirit. That's why a part of scripture says that if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead abides in you, if it lives in you, what will it do? It will revitalize. It will quicken, right? It will quicken your mortal body. Does that make sense? So he's saying here that I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. Oh, people of God, I've said this time and time again that the definition of our morality, the definition of our standard is not what we see. It's not how the world operates. The standard is the Christ. Do you see that? So he is not saying... Oh, I pray uh, uh, because I am I am an apostle and I'm better than every other person. Right? People look up to me. No, he reckons that what is lacking is tangent to Christ's affliction. It is based on what Christ has done, based on who Christ is, not based on who I think I am, not based on my morality. I'm going somewhere. This is not where I'm going, but I need to lay that foundation. Does that make sense? So you find out that a whole lot of times, right? You tell yourself things like, ah, everybody is doing it now. The question is, are you everybody? You tell yourself that my mates, you know, I, 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 I was thinking of, I was I was thinking about that I think some time ago how that people will just project their own inadequacies on you where they tell you ah 
your mates are not even doing up to you. You are doing enough. But then when you look into the archive of your destiny, you realize that the Lord is even telling you you've not started anything yet. You're not doing anything yet, right? There's no even fire. There's no smoke yet. You, there's no smoke at all yet. But people are saying it's enough now. Look at, come on, you know, and there is how we motivate ourselves into laxity. There is how, now, and don't get me wrong. I think that motivational speakers are divinely inspired of God and they are used by God but a whole lot of these things many times can become idols and it can become demonic because you will now motivate yourself into a situation that it is not God's situation for you. Does that make sense? Because at every season at every standard at every season rather our standard is the Christ do you see? So at, at every point, the, the well done, you know, this statement, um, you're not in competition with anybody but yourself. You're, you're not necessarily in competition with yourself. You are growing into who you should be, right? So what we are found faced with is an image. And scripture called that image in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. It says that as we behold, we are transformed into that same image from one level of glory to another. That image is our standard. That image is the glory. So that image is an overwhelming glory. It is what we behold that we transform into. That is who we are becoming. Does that make sense? Right? So let's let's move on. It says, which is the church, uh, for the sake of his body, which is the church, I have... I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present the word of God in its fullness. This is where I'm going to. The mystery uh -huh, that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. Kala Sotabaraya. But it is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen. Now, look at the flow. Look at the flow. It said, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glory of this mystery. Now, it tells us what the mystery is. It says it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Put that in the chat. Please put that in the chat. Zuzende bashatal ekonses katende skutente fina kabali rabobonto botobotonto botobotonto skutili kiti kata palata parata palato ilakosasili shante fikai. Thank you guys. Do you see that part of scripture? It's saying that the mystery that has been hidden ah. I hope you catch this. Please pray in other tongues wherever you are. So I hope, I hope you catch the not just the surface of it, but the depth of it, the implication of it, the application of it. It says that, that the mystery that has been kept hidden, 
this mystery has been hidden for ages and generations. It said it is now disclosed to we, the Lord's people, to we, Christ's people, to us whom he has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. It said this mystery is Christ in you. The hope of glory. It goes on to say that he's the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I stand strenuously contend. Another version will say, I labor with all the energy, so Christ, all the energy, so Christ. That's 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 wrong. I labor striving according to his workings, which worketh in me mightily. Now, I'm bringing that scripture to, to your, I know it's a scripture you probably have read, but I'm bringing it to your face again. I'm bringing it to your, to, to, I'm making it top of mind, right? I'm making it top of mind. Uh, because, you know, we live in a generation where we are constantly looking for new things, but we fail to realize that, um, that it is new does not mean that it never existed. That a thing is new, right, does not mean that it never existed. Does that make sense? I will say that again, that a thing is new does not mean that it never existed, right? I was, I was, I, I was teaching us, I think, the first prophetic launch pad, how that Christ had existed long before existence. In fact, he is the material that existence was formed out of. Do you see? But when he came in the form, in the similitude of a man, a human being, it seemed to them that this was new, but it was not necessarily new because the essence of the Christ had existed long before existence. And so scripture says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Does that make sense? So nothing is necessarily new. That it is new, quote unquote, does not mean that it has not existed. And the scripture is telling us something. It is telling us that this, this mystery, right? You know, a lot of us, we're looking for depth. We're looking for new insights. Do you see? You know, now our criteria for maturity is knowing a lot of things. We fail to realize that knowing a lot of things does not is not equivalent to depth because you only gain depth when you're a master of the core of a thing. And many a time, all of the time, literally, the core of a thing is the basics of that thing. I've explained to us time and time again how that for you to have mastery in any field, even in your education, right? I gave you guys an example of how that I study economics in school. And the same thing I did in SS1, economics, is the same thing I did in the university, right? The, the, the dimension was different, but the core of it was the same. Why? Because until you deepen, you cannot spread. Do you see? Until you deepen, you cannot spread. 
So a lot of times we are looking for, you know, the rema that is in vogue. We are looking to, it's the reason why you see a whole lot of young believers. We have bogus vocabulary, but we lack essence because the fundamentals of our faith is misplaced because what that the mystery this i will show to you a mystery do you know what that mystery is the scripture tells us it is christ in you the hope of glory see no matter who speaks to you no matter who teaches you no matter the form it takes no matter how basic or how advanced it sounds no matter how oratorial or how um, less articulate it is one thing is the essence it is christ in you the hope of glory this is the fundamental of our faith this is the ex it's the total experience it's the bandwidth of who we are of who we should be of who we have become does this make sense are you following me people of god and so until we until we truly understand and by understanding it is not just understanding by information but understanding that also bears implication and application do you see an understanding that implicates you to apply then we cannot be fully formed when you look through the scripture, it is one thing, story to story, in and out. One thing is woven, that we become Christ's. That we become Christ. And so when we speak about becoming Christ, it always seems heretic because we feel, ah, you can't be God. But no, it speaks to the essence it speaks to who you are at core. It speaks to the essence that best the expression. That part of scripture says that he that is born of the spirit is spirit. And he that is born of the flesh is flesh. He that is born of Christ is Christ. that is born of christ is christ we are looking at the world today we are all complaining about how that the, the uh, nigeria is this way the world is this way you know agendas are flying all of these things are happening but that scripture says that the mystery is christ in you see it you know it says that it is the hope of glory it is by reason of our adoption into the fold that we are his hope. We are what is hope of glory. I hope that you get this tonight. When you understand, when you when you understand the depths, right? The depth and the, 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 the core of all I am saying, right? You will devote your time. You will devote yourself to cultivate, to ensuring that you tap, you tap into the essence. You tap, you tap into the essence of who he has made you, of that seed that you are. Because in it is the solution to everything, all of life's challenges, all of it. All of it.
why do you think that Jesus said that um, great things I have done, but greater things you will do also? Because his death was an imputation of himself. And by implication, it is that we are supposed to be possessed, literally. Literally, we're supposed to be possessed by him. Says Christ in you, that is the hope of his glory. That part of scripture, Isaiah 60 verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. It says that the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I hope you are aware that that word was a prophecy. Right? It's a book of the prophet. Prophet Isaiah, he was prophesying. And then this scripture is telling us that glory, that glory, it is, that same scripture says that we are a city that is set upon a hill. Same scripture says that let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your father who is in heaven. Because the Lord cannot have glory except Christ in you is expressed. Christ in you, the hope of glory, says that he's the one we proclaim. Ah, no wonder Apostle Paul prayed a prayer to the church in Ephesus and he said that the eyes of you are enlightened. He says, as your eyes is enlightened, and the proof that your eyes is enlightened, because that, that the word there is present continuous right he said the eyes of your understanding being enlightened is trying to say that the proof of light is that you now know the hope of his calling does that make sense the proof that your eyes is enlightened is that you now know it says as your eyes is enlightened you know the hope of his calling what is the hope for which he has called you what is the hope i think that's ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 can somebody put that in the chat Ephesians 1 verse 18. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And when I understand this, I do not look at the world, I do not look at my situation and say, God, why? Because even God is saying, Faith, why? Even God is saying, Faith, why? Because his word says, Christ in me, that is the hope of glory. Says that I, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In, please, someone give me KJV. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. 
the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people. Okay, do you see that, people of God? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Recall what I said about paying attention to the text of scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept, word by word. It is in that attentive attention to the text that unlocks the depth and revelation in that text. It says the eyes of understanding being enlightened. That is to the degree it is that ah, oh, it's the reason why that part of scripture, Matthew 6 33, that says, Seek ye first the kingdom. It's it does it cannot make sense to a babe. It cannot it cannot make sense to a babe. So if it's a if it's a scripture you're actually struggling with. That's the, just understand that that is the level of spiritual good that you, it can't make sense to you. Do you know why? It is to the degree that your eyes is enlightened, you are aware of the hope of his calling. It is to that degree you reckon things that are superficial and that which so you are not trying, you're not trying to do kingdom, you are not trying to do it by implication. That is the only option that you have. That's, it's not that you are trying to do it. You are not learning to do it. It's not, it's, it's not a trait you are trying to imbibe. Do you understand? Because a lot of things that we have with our Christianity is formulaic. It's not born out of a work. It's formula, right? You want to be humble. It's a formula. It is not born. It's not a work with the Lord that brings out that fruit. We follow a lot of formulas and we are wondering why it's like a lot of things are not adding up. Why? Because... It's formula. You know, you've heard a pastor, a preacher say to you, oh, this is it. If you do this, you will get this. So you now start to do that thing. Then you start to get it. But the thing is because it's not a fruit. So it's not, it's not essence. It's not, it's not nature. Do you understand? It's not nature. <laughs> the, 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 the only advantage that that can even provide you is that in nurturing yourself, uh, the Holy Spirit will intercept and not to give you a walk. But many times we are still very adamant to that work because no, this is the principle, this is the formula. But you fail to realize that that scripture calls it fruit of the spirit, and by fruit it means a fruit is born, right? A fruit is born. Does that make sense? So we have a whole lot of formulas, a whole lot of this is this plus this plus this will give us this, you know. And now there is oh seeky first, and so you are, you are teaching yourself to seeky first. It's not wrong, it's not. But what the Lord will do is that as you are doing it formula, He will now intercept and teach it to you so that it now becomes nature. Because it is not, uh, we are not supposed to be separate. It is identity. We are not, we're supposed to be changed into the image. Right? Not separate from the image. We are to be one with the image. Do you see? So you see that part of scripture, seek ye first the kingdom. It's, it's, <laughs> you see this scripture, seek ye first the kingdom. It's, it's, it cannot make sense. <laughs> it can make sense to a babe. 
you will keep questioning ah, why is it not working because they taught you that it's supposed to work you are supposed to get material things so our christianity is now you know utilitarianism by utilitarianism in using that means that you are using god for utility purposes what you can get so mundane Does that make sense? Because I've shared with us how that it is the degree of uh, 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 it's it's how much light you have that determines how well you can even see. Does that make sense? So it is the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we know the hope of his calling. A lot of times, one of the reasons why it's like we keep drawing back in our walk with God is that we are not applying ourselves to the core, the experience of our faith, right? And so you find that a lot of us, we are not properly discipled, right? We're not properly discipled. You know, you, you, you're, you're a new believer, right? You're a new believer, or you just decided to take, you know, the things of the spirit seriously. And um, somehow, somehow, maybe you start to exhibit or express the giftings, right? Or skills that seem like, <laughs> you know, there is a difference between the gift and the fruit. Scripture says the giftings and the callings of God, they are without repentance. The fruit is the fruit of the spirit, but it, it is the spirit indwelling in you intercourse with you that produces that fruit you don't produce it based off your morality you don't pr produce it by yourself it is spirit intercourse with you that produces that fruit so you can be born a meek person it does not mean that that meekness that you exhibit is meekness as a fruit of the spirit it could be timidity it could be a coping mechanism does that make sense? So you find out that somebody who is expressing, you know, the gifts, ah, before you know it, it's like you are, <laughs> you know, in those days in fellowships in school, the process of discipleship was quite rusty. <laughs> It's quite rusty, right? You receive the life of Christ, and once you do that, once you express oratorial capacity or a commitment, some level of commitment, or you, you have it in you that you can be loyal, you become a leader in the fold. And the basic foundation of your faith is not stable. It's not stable. 
So the reason why we have a whole lot of people is the reason you step into seasons in your life, eh? You stay, you'll be dining with demons, but you will think it's God because your foundation is faulty. And the interesting thing about the foundation of our faith is that it's not just the foundation. It is the both the found is the foundation, is the destination, and it's the journey. Okay, let me let, 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 let's let's look at that in scripture. The foundation scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's the foundation. What's the journey? It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the journey. What's the destination? It says, as we behold, even as he's the way, what are we becoming? We are being transformed into that same image. So I'm not saying that to get you excited. It is scripture backed. He is the foundation. He's the journey and he's the destination. You cannot even know that he's the destination if the foundation is faulty. It's the reason why a lot of you think that the idea of purpose is a means to en enrich yourself, to lift yourself. You know, it's a means to fame. Why? Because the foundation of the faith that you have been taught, it is one that if you do this, you should get this. Fundamentally, that is anchored on self. It is anchored on desires. It is anchored on wants as opposed to the essence, which is the Christ. Hmm. So a lot of us were not even properly discipled and we are wondering ah, what's, what's going on. There's somewhere I hope that we have time. I want to just briefly touch into I pray that we have time and the Holy Spirit brings that into my remembrance or else probably it's not to be. It's not for now. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, that is the deepest of the deepest of the deepest of what you would ever come into. Vistas and all these rivers, the deepest. Scriptures, all these mysteries, the, you will read it together in the Bible. But the mystery is, it's clear, dear. We don't even need many, many dissectors. It's clear. It says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I wish that we understand and we can really see the Father's heart. We can feel it. We can touch it. And we can see how much that he is waiting on us to move, to move. Because how does God change the world if he doesn't first change a man? And how does he change a man if that man would not be willing to partner with him to be changed? 
You know, when you have this mindset, fundamentally what it does for you is that you look upon problems and you don't see them. You look upon problems and what you see is your untamed self. You just know that I, I need to dig in more. Can I be such an excellent representation of the Christ? Not in words. Not in this age where any Tom, Dick, and Harry can come on social media and post. And you know, it seems like um, uh, um, being a Jesus gang is now a jewelry. So everybody is now a Jesus girl or a Jesus boy. Right? But in their houses, what they do is nothing Jesus-like. No, it's not in the excellence of our presentation. It's not in the arrangement of our feeds and our posts. It's not, it's not in the proper structure of our content that talks about Jesus. It's about the life. Something that one of my mentors used to say to me then, he would say, the idea is to grow to the point where when people sit with you tangibly, they can feel, they can feel the Christ in you. Jesus was, the thing is, you know, as much as Jesus was an implantation by the Holy Spirit in Mary, we miss the lesson when our focus is on the fact that after all, it wasn't a man that got Mary pregnant. We miss the point. The point, the whole essence of the birth of Jesus is that whether or not the implantation is from God, it was resident in the womb of a woman. It was produced out of that woman. She pushed Jesus out, literally. Through man-made means, he was a living, walking human being and an effortless representation of the express image of the Father. That happens to be our model of who we should be, our model of what we should look like. But you know, we make um, lewd remarks like, oh my, I know the Jesus. We miss the point. He sent his son to die, and he also sent his son to be the, the template for man. That to, to live, this is what you should look like. To exist in this world, this is what you should look like. Are you still following me, or have I lost you? Christ in me, the hope of glory. I pray the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. 
Olodo shatagabai andeskunde fikai andeskulataliai. You see, one of the things that I, I realize is that when we understand the simplicity of the gospel, it, it simplifies our life. And it helps us focus on what really matters. It's the reason why if you've ever sat in on a teaching that probably I have had on purpose, you discover that I would always say one thing. You don't discover yourself. You discover God and then God reveals you to you. You'll find out that the way to simplify life is to take oh because our environment our our environment is the christ that's our environment there was something really interesting that i saw i think it was on instagram the other day and i think i've had i've heard a preachers um, use that analogy and it's so profound and this person's uh, uh, what the person said was from scripture yeah that when god was going to create the fish he spoke to the he spoke to the fish right when he was to create um you know trees and all of those things fruits and everything on land he spoke to the earth he spoke to land but when he was to create man he spoke to himself and then the person went further to say that um when you take out the fish from the water it can only survive for at most an hour at mo just few few minutes literally right if it if you pull out a tree from the root it's dead Right, just go and pull out something, it's dead. When you also pull out a man from God, he's dead. That's our environment. It's our operating system. It's our energetic force field. It's our energetic force field. That part of scripture says it is in him we live. It is in him we move. And it is in him we have our being. Ah! There is a way I want to say this in Yoruba, but it's not coming to me very well. He is our habitat. And when he becomes our habitat, he becomes our effortless expression. The Lord was saying, to, saying something to me the other day, and he said, Counsel is great. One of the best things that you could actually have, yes, is having people of like mind, having brothers and sisters in the faith around you, and especially giving you um, insight and all of that. But one thing you must never do is change the environment or change the focus because you know i realized that a lot of our conversations around being in the will of god many times is directly linked to two things 
one it is anchored on fear than it is anchored on love two it's it is it does not uh, it does not put our gaze on the Christ it puts our gaze on our reputation or or other people's opinions these people quote unquote well-meaning people and i'm not even talking about random people well-meaning people and you know i was just thinking about how that a whole lot of teachings and conversations around the will of god many a times instill fear rather than the freedom to function in his will right so you are more afraid to step out of the will of god than you are convinced that you are even willing to stay within the will of god does that make sense to anybody you are more afraid to not be in the will of god than you should be rested being in the will of god so even when you hear god you are saying this is not god does that make sense so a lot of times our fear of not i don't want to i don't want to step out of the will of god i don't want to step out of the will of god it also goes to show that we are we, we are not we, we are not doing good enough business to function in that harmony of the habitat jesus christ says that i only do what I see my father do. But you find out that this fear is linked to the fact that probably we are not seeing, we don't know the character of God. We have been too informed by the world, been too informed even by well-meaning people that it has directed the course and the trajectory of our lives. I remember at um, Prophetic Head Start last year, I talked about how that information and I think I shared something like that to, to the membership group of recent. How that information? Let me let me check check that out. I said how information can create a burden that you were never supposed to have. It can also create. Is it as I said as much as it can even open you up to a burden that you've laid to rest. That is what you see too much of, what you hear so much of, can give you an idea, it can give you information that this is the path I am supposed to take. This is this is what's burning in my heart, but it is not. So you find that a whole lot of challenges that we have, even the subject of confusion, I just realized that it pins back to that we are not doing business with that habitat. Staying within the habitat and trusting, staying within that habitat, cultivating. Salakani Kalanamo, Jesus.
Adonai Eh Adonai Adonai Eh Adonai Sudavika Sande Suza de Vilakaya Iante Kusu Sunande Kilata Zuze Shatali Susu 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 So you see, the part of scripture we read at first, Christ says that this, this mystery has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to us, says it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, one of the things I really love about the prophetic, right? The prophetic, prophetic word, whether from scriptures spoken, is that it is also not confined within the limitation of the giver's light. So, you know how that I say that um, depth of sight is determined by how well you see, rather, is determined by, uh, sorry, how much light you have is determined by how well you see. It's the same way that a person can give a prophetic word, because the prophetic word transcends time and space, can give a word and not fully grasp that word right and even become an antagonist <laughs> of that particular word because it is what it is a prophetic word it does not exist within time and space and a prophetic word speaks gen across timelines do you see it is not it is not it is not um fixated within a timeline so you find out that what was prophesied in the old was revealed in the new and has is it, it, it's the, the revelation in the new was not even an end in itself it was still an opening does that make sense for instance there is no way in the bible that it is said that in some years time we'll be using phones to also spread the gospel 
but it is also factored within the system of that prophecy it's the reason why prophetic words even those who give the prophetic words begin to fight their own word so even people even when even even when even when uh, um, jesus the christ was prophesied they it was in written all through the scriptures recall that the, the scripture that the the, the scribes what they were whatever they were scribing what they were reading was the torah and the torah basically contains the prophecy of christ's coming but when christ came what happened they themselves fought him they killed him they said he was being heretic Does that make sense? They killed him. They said he was being heretic. And so that part of scripture puts it this way. It says, do not put new wine in old wine skins. Think that's in. Can somebody pull up that scripture for me? Someone oh sure gonna think that should be look look Someone you should look chapter five verse thirty seven, verse thirty seven and thirty eight. Luke chapter five, verse thirty seven and thirty eight. Thank you. It says that no man puts new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bot <clears throat> and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. <clears throat> when you look through, <clears throat> when you look through the scripture, yes, when you see, you see, um, I can't believe really, I can't recall that the context of that scripture to give proper perspective. But you see Jesus talking about that. He is speaking also to himself. Because you guys prophesied about me. Jesus was literally the focus of the Torah. The religious people who called him an heretic, they read it because the thing is, uh, it's, not, it's not the kind of Christianity that we practice now that they used to practice then, right? And the Christianity of then is similar to Islam of today. It was an actual religion where you must, you know, it was just an era of the law. So you must recite that there's something called the Shema. You must recite it. It is expedient, it is necessary. You 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 you, you recite it as though if you don't you die. I forgot there's how they also call it in the Islamic religion. So in that time, right, it's so even even when talking about Jesus, where he was always going to read um, the scripture, it wasn't out of place, really. 
it's how it is in the culture then. So even if you are doing everything, you are living your life anyhow, when it comes to the scripture, you must know it, you must recite it. You must. So these people knew the scripture. But they did not know the person in the text. It's the reason why even when uh, Jesus Christ spoke to them and said, uh, um, when he was speaking to them about Abraham, that they now said, who are you? Who do you think you are? You that we knew when you were born. Is it Abraham that is older than you that you are saying that um, before Abraham you were? Why? Because they were too... Well, that part of scripture says also says that, uh, you know, when, when your, your heart is alienated, has been darkened, is alienated from the life of God. So as much as they knew the text, they were not schooled by the word. They were not schooled by the spirit of the text. And so even when Jesus came, they expected him to take their own form. You know, I also find it's so interesting, the scripture. It's so interesting, the scripture, and how it keeps on playing out. You know, I also find how that even in our day, you find that what we call Christianity has become organized. It has to be a certain way of doing things. It has to be a certain way of expression. That if it is not this way, then you are wrong. And so we are not even keen to pay attention to the spirit in a person, to the spirit. It's, it has to be one straight line. You know, there was something that God said to me that was in, I think I shared that with us. That was, was it last year? And he said, a whole generation can actually be going the wrong path. But because of you feel that everybody is going this path, then this path is the right path. Then you too, you go that path. You would think you are hearing God. Because the interesting thing about our faith is that you can master this thing so much that you hear things. You keep hearing. You will always hear. But in that moment, you are probably hearing your intelligence or your organized religious system. Or you are probably hearing what you have heard. Because I hope you know that we are all product of influences. And so, for instance, if I seek counsel from two people, those two people, the essence of the counsel might be the same if they are speaking from the same stream. But the form in which the counsel will take will be different. Why? Their teachers are different. Who is schooling them is different. Does that make sense at all? Who is schooling them is different. It's the reason why you can listen to somebody speak and you can say, this, 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 this is who you listen to. This book, this book, this book, this book is the, are the books you read. Then you listen to another person and you're like, okay, this, this, this is who you listen to. Now, the essence might be the same, but the form will be different. What that means is that the, the teachers that each of these people have, have formed their perspective and what comes out of them. The same way that what influences us can influence what we think we are hearing as God, but it's not God. Is the reason why I say that information, what information can do to you is that it can birth a burden that you were never supposed to have. At the same time, it can help you 
awaken a burden that you've probably let le, le, um, left to rest. Has this ever happened to you where probably you see somebody doing something and you feel, oh, I can do it too. Let me do this. Right? Oh, I can do it too. Let me do this. Oh, I have this skill. Why don't I do it? Oh, I can do this too. Let me do it. A lot of times, that is just out of our desire, literally. Our desire to function not necessarily a burden that is given to us by the lord does that make sense please am i blessing you are you following me people of god Sapolokos <laughs> We look to Yahweh, Yahweh, forever Yahweh, Yahweh. We look to Yahweh, Yahweh. My hope Yahweh, Yahweh, we look to Yahweh, Yahweh, forever Yahweh, Yahweh, we look to Yahweh. Yahweh, my hope is Yahweh, Yahweh, we look to Yahweh, Yahweh, forever Yahweh. Yahweh, we look to Yahweh, Yahweh, forever Yahweh. You know, one of the things that I keep realizing, because at every point in time, when I think I've realized it, but I just keep realizing looking end-to-end, -end, researching, studying, understanding, is that our only environment is Christ. By the way, if you're looking for a title for this teaching, I forgot to share that. It is the hope 
of glory. The whole environment is Christ. He seeks, he seeks to function through us as us, but first for us. But first to us. You know, there's a movie I said that we're going to see in the membership. And if you're not a part, you may want to join in. Probably we'll make it mainstream. I don't know yet. There's a movie I want us to see. Um, just sitting down, just seeing that movie. Probably some of you have seen it. Probably not. But either way, we'll still all see it together. Just sitting down watching that movie that day. There was just... The line was still just one. Because at the end of it all, the beginning, the walk, the end, it's just him. When he spoke to Abraham in the book of Genesis, right? I've shared this story with us time and time again. First of all, he said to him, he said, I walk, walk before me, let me make you perfect. Right, that was after he, he gave in to Sarah, and you know, he went to sleep with his, his, um, his uh, Sarah's maid. So, walk before me, let me make you perfect, let me form you, let me build you. Now, this is somebody that had been promising him, he had been promising him the what he had been promising him everything. Oh, count the stars, the number of the stars is how. If as countless as the stars are, is how countless the ones that will come out of your loins would be. And then he said to him, after he had sacrificed Isaac, I think he wanted to sacrifice Isaac before he produced, he gave that um, ram, he produced the ram. Then he said to him afterwards, he said, I, the Lord, I am your reward. That was one of the first parts of scriptures that I studied early on in my walk. That I, the Lord, am your reward. Because at the end, at the end of everything, and that's just the point that the Lord would have us get to, is to see that the only thing that actually matters, this is the work. This is also where you're going to. It's him. Nothing else but him. So I was talking about the movie. One of the things that just came so strongly at me was what God is doing through you. Should not take your eyes off what God is doing in you. Because what God is doing through you is also to facilitate what he's doing in you. 
So God tries to use a stone to kill multiple birds. It's the reason why you can come into the fold today and tomorrow it's like you're walking in the miraculous. You're, 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 pulling, um, you're pulling souls to the kingdom. You're pulling men to Christ. It does not mean that the work that he has started in you has even gotten to 15%. He's just using that as a facilitation process also. Because the walk is not necessarily a walk. It is a walk. Literally, the way the Lord walks with us, he uses an apprenticeship system. And so the assignment is not for the world as much as it's for you because what goes into the world has to first purify you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The reason why, you know, when I used to hear then when people say things like, um, if, if, and I think I shared that at the first edition of um, the Mission Center then, how that if what you call an assignment literally um, is, it allows you to function on your own without God, then it's not an assignment. It's actually a project that you took on. And... You know, understanding that critically is understanding that critically is a reckoning that all that he wants to do through you, all that he is doing through you is to facilitate what he is doing in you. Does that make sense? Let me know if you're still following me. I look to Yahweh. Yahweh forever Yahweh Yahweh I look to Yahweh Kalanabaya Yahweh I love you Yahweh I look to Yahweh, Yahweh, my hope is Yahweh, the hope is Yahweh, Yahweh. I look to Yahweh, 
Him the focus. Uh, just begin to tell God to help us make Him His focus. Let's just say, Father, make me a focus. Lord, make me your focus. Lord, help me focus on you. Father, make me your focus. Make me your focus. Make me your focus. Make me your focus. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so I'll just... Good evening, everybody. I will just do my... My best to say very simple things to tie together the emphasis that Mama has given to us. I'll just say very simple things to begin to tie everything she has said together. And then we'll make very simple prayers. And then we can call it a day. Um, so far, I trust that we have been blessed. So the first thing I'm going to say is this. God needs us to be Christ. That men may see God and then glorify him. God needs us. God needs me. God needs you to be Christ. Not to be like Christ. To be Christ. That men may see himself and then glorify him. That means if men will see God and glorify God in a season such as this, in a dispensation such as this, you must put in the work to become Christ. And how do you become Christ? If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, your mortal body will be quickened. Quickened not to look like Christ, but to be Christ. What do I mean? The disciples and scriptures, they saw them and they said, these ones are like the Christ. These ones did business with the spirit that came upon them on the day of Pentecost. That when men saw them, they could not distinguish if 
are these ones the Christ or? So they call them Christians. And then that title is something that we throw around loosely in recent time. We fail to understand that a, the, the, the term Christian or the title Christian is something that is end. You earn it. You don't just call yourself a Christian because you are saved. You call yourself a Christian because you have embodied the life, the pattern, the spirit, the person of the Christ. So God needs us to be Christ in order for men to see him and glorify him. So the apostles walked with God or with the spirit of God to the point where men could see them and then see God and then glorify God. So we will need to journey with the spirit we have received at the place of salvation in order for men to begin to see God in us, see Christ in us, and then begin to give him glory. That means in your immediate circle, in your environment, in your house, in your home, in your in your in your faculty, in your classroom, in your places of work, if men don't see a need to glorify God, it is because you are you are joking with the spirit you have received as a result of salvation. Many of us, we do not understand that a whole lot is depending on our ability to begin to function with the spirit that God has placed in us. So we think it's about reading the Bible. We think it's about being a good person. We think it's about going to church. No, we must begin to behold that as we be behold we are transformed from glory to glory why are we being transformed you are not transformed because we want god to give us money no every hard working man every strategic man can make money we are being transformed that men may begin to see christ in you and then glorify god so we must understand that as we begin to journey in salvation journey with god in this part the, the reason why god has called us into this work is that we become we become by on becoming what we became as the result of the fall so that which we became as the result of the fall was self that which we became as the result of the fall was dark and black so as a result of salvation we begin to unbecome what we became as a result of the fall but as those things begin to fall off us what men see is the christ and as they see the christ they begin to yearn they begin to they begin to pull closer to the ways of god to the things of god and they begin to see the ability of god in and through us they glorify god and then they come unto him so we are God's end time strategy in a season like this, not to give us money. We are not called into this, into this work for God to give us success. We are called into this work for God to give us greatness. And then we do not understand that greatness is not success. Success can be achieved outside of God. But greatness is the ability for us to function with the spirit of the Christ in order to advance the agenda of God and his kingdom here on the earth. And then in doing so, we make the earth a little better than we met it and thereby, in, by, in extension, make the life of men better than we met it from too fast please let me know because i know sometimes i can speak very fast
So we must understand that we are bettered into this civilization to do business with God, with his spirit, to be Christ in our dispensation in order to advance the agenda of God. This is what we must begin to understand that this is why there is a pressing need for us to do better than we are doing with the spirit we have received. This is why prophetic launch pad was 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 placed in on the heart of Mama to to come every month to to create a burden to give us understanding to to create an emphasis that there is a need for more. Yes, I know you pray. Yes, I know you read the Bible. Yes, I know you are pushing to know God, but there is more you can do with the spirit of the Christ that you received at the place of salvation. There is more. And then the way to do more with the spirit is to, is to grow, is to push into the much that this spirit has to offer. And then men begins to see and they glorify God. Are we following? If we are following and we get what I'm saying, let's just let me know. Let me know if we are following. So to the glory, to the degree to which men will give God glory is to the degree to which you function with the spirit of the Christ on your inside. For every one of us in your home, in your circle, in your classroom, in your places of work, your streets, your estates, to the degree to which men give God glory, is it the degree to which you function with the spirit of Christ on your inside? Not to the degree to which you're... No, it's, you see, many times we are focused on the pastors. And it's not the job of the pastors. Scripture says he has given to some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, you know, some evangelists for the perfecting of the saints. So it is the job of the fivefold to perfect the saints then the saints are perfected for the work of ministry. So it is your work to propagate ministry to cause men to glorify God, not the job of any man of God. So the best that a man of God can do is perfect the saints. So many times because you do not understand and because we do not educate the people that they are the ones to go and propagate ministry, men of God are trying to do ministry. Our job is to perfect the saints. The saints are the ones to do ministry. So for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry. So Jesus Christ perfected fishermen and then fishermen went to do the work of ministry. And the men that fishermen perfected went out to do the work of ministry. So they were stepping out with the fullness of Christ that they became. And then the agenda of God was spreading. And it kept on spreading. And it has gotten to your turn. But you are not doing the much you need to do with the Spirit of God on your inside. Because you think the Spirit of God on your inside is to, is to pass your exam. Yes, the Spirit of God can help you do that. The thing the Spirit of God on your inside is to give you money. Yes, it can do that, but it's beyond that. It is for the agenda of God in your generation as touching a dispensation. Are we following? So many times, people, we erroneously say things like, the move of God is prayer. I'm going a particular way to bring us into an understanding as to how to come into the fullness of the spirit that God has placed on our inside. So we, I'm just trying to bring clarity to the things Mama have been saying, the emphasis Mama have been bringing all through. 
and then we'll round up right so we see things like this prayer is the move of god we are in a season of god's revival and prayer is the move of god that is true but it is not the whole truth prayer is not the move of god prayer is part is an arm of the move of god the move of god is prayer and largely discipleship so jesus prayed but it wasn't his prayer that caused men to come into the fullness of the christ that they went about propagating and advancing the agenda of god no he prayed and then he discipled men by accurate doctrine so if we begin to think that prayer is the move of god the revival that we think is coming will never come because prayer opens the floodgates am i right for the possibilities of heaven and then accurate discipleship in doctrine matures men into the perfect image of the christ in order for them to begin to show men the possibilities of the christ that they may see god and glorify him this is what i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say is that one way to come into the fullness of the christ into the fullness of the spirit of the christ that is on your inside is that you must begin to sort after accurate doctrines that you may be properly discipled because you can pray so much and know so much but if that which you know and with all your prayer is not accurate doctrine you will never truly be discipled as touching the image of the christ so my people perish for lack of understanding not because there is a devil my people perish for lack of understanding not because they are not praying so we must begin to understand that we are in a season of revival the whole of earth, the whole of creation is waiting for the manifestations of sons. Sons are the matured ones. Sons are not people who are praying alone. Sons are people who have understanding. So scripture says, the heir, the prince, he differeth not from the servant because what? Because he being a child, he remained a child. A child is somebody who lacks depth in understanding. A child is somebody who is not yet schooled. A child is somebody who is not discipled. So what I'm trying to say is that to come into the fullness of the Christ, that you are as a result of the spirit you received through salvation, is that you must begin to sort after accurate doctrine i'm not saying knowledge you must begin to sort after accurate doctrines so as we begin to pray prayer is not the move of God is an arm. The Alright. The whole of creation is waiting for me to begin to manifest the fullness of God on my inside. 
the whole of creation is waiting for me. So the nutshell of what Mama has been saying is that our focus is Christ, that we may become Christ in order for men to see Christ and then glorify God. And then when we begin to do this, we begin to advance the agenda of God in our generation, in our dispensation. And then I am going further to say that the way to become the fullness of that which we are in Christ Jesus is not prayer alone, but to begin to grow, not the word, but to begin to grow in accurate doctrines. And as we grow in accurate doctrine, we become discipled. When we are discipled, we have the ability to show men Christ. It is a man that is discipled that can show a generation Christ. It is a man who is discipled that can show a generation light. So we must understand that as we step into the new season, the coming months, as we as we cross over into because the, one of the goal for prophetic launch pad is to prepare us for the coming season, the new month. We must understand that my world, my generation, my immediate environment are counting on me to begin to manifest the fullness of the Christ. And then it is not by going to church and by praying alone, I must be discipled to do this. And the way to be discipled is to have accurate doctrine because when I have accurate doctrines, when I have accurate doctrines, I am grounded in understanding. And then my prayers begin to produce tremendous results because understanding is a major factor in producing results for God in God and through God. That is why he is a God of enlightenment. So he needs us to be enlightened in order for men to see the light that he is in us and the life that we are. So like I said, I just came to bring together the things that Mama has been saying. We are Christ. We are not just Christ-like. We are Christ. For instance, if, if, if I have in me, my human body, the spirit of a goat, I will act like a goat, speak like a goat, or bleed like a goat, behave like a goat, be stubborn like a goat. Even if I have a human form, you will call me a goat. What am I trying to say? Because you have the spirit of God on your inside, because you have the spirit of Christ on your inside, you are not like Christ. You are Christ. And the way to become the fullness and begin to show men this Christ that is in you, that you are, is for you to grow. The way for you to grow is to give yourself to be discipled by accurate doctrine. And then when you are discipled by accurate doctrine, with a touch of prayer, a revival is better out of you for your immediate environment and then your generation and dispensation at large. 
when men see the results you produce as this because of this, what they will do is that they will see Christ in you and through you. They will glorify God and then they will come to God. So we must bear all this in mind even as we cross over into the coming season. Are we following? If you are following, let me know that we are following. If you are following, let me know that we are following. All right, I can see that we are typing. So on this note, let's just begin to round off in prayers and say, Father, help me. Really, the prayer is, God, help me. Lord, help me. I understand that so much is rested on me. It's not about going to church. It's not about being moral. It's not about having money or success. Really, it's, it's about the agenda of God. It's about the disciple. Jesus did not fail. He was able to he was able to hand over something to the apostles. The apostles did not fail. They were able to hand over something to other persons who handed something to other persons, that handed something over to other persons, that handed something over to the generals, that handed something over to the fathers. Now it's our turn. And then many of us we are focused on just ourselves. Many of us and we are focused on just what we can receive, what we can get, what God can do for us. We fail to understand that it is our turn to handle the button that we may be able to preserve something and then hand something over to a coming generation. And the way to do this is to actually grow in accurate doctrines. The way to do this is to lose track of self. Because the spirit of the Christ in a man is a spirit that will cause the man to lose track of self and focus on the agenda of God. That means we must begin to yearn. Because when we are, Mama was saying something about being rightly discipled in the aspect of when you have the wrong information, when you receive the wrong information, when you are burdened with the wrong information, you begin to yearn for the wrong things. So accurate discipleship through accurate doctrine will cause useless and burdens that are not in alignment with God for your life and destiny to follow for you to see clearly that which the spirit of the Christ in you is expected to propagate and do. So the prayer point is very simple. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Help me to grow in accurate knowledge and understanding that I may be rightly discipled in order to propagate your agenda with this spirit that you have placed on my inside. Help me lose track of self. Help me lose track of self. Help me lose track of self. Help me to focus. Help me to focus. Barasha vevi kabrane skobarande kimono. Riba shade gebarande gebasko bebenia. 
Lord help me. Lord help me, Lord help me, Lord help me. As we move into the new season, Lord God, I understand. Help me to be discipled. A man can only be discipled when he has accurate doctrines. If not, he has information. Accurate doctrines are the only thing that can disciple a man. So a disciple is a product of accurate doctrines. If not, we will be full with bogus knowledge. So Lord God, bring me into the corridor of accurate doctrines that I may be discipled in order to advance your agenda in my generation. That I may be, see, it is only a man who is accurately discipled that can shine accurately and properly that light that we ought to shine by the spirit of the Christ. If not, the light we shine will be tainted and then there will be corruption in it because in that light will be self. So we need to truly be properly discipled for us to advance the agenda of the christ for us to function properly in the christ lord god help me grow help me function accurately help me lose touch of self and to focus on the spirit on my inside help me everything i became as a result of the fall help me on become everything i became as a result of the fall that i may function fully in who you have called me to be for in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. All right. Um, hope we are blessed. Hope we are blessed. I'll be handing over.